Welcome to The Art of Business. I'm your host, Eric Baker. So I've been self-employed now for almost two years, and it's been quite the experience so far. One of the hardest things for me in the beginning was finding different ways to hold myself accountable for doing the things that I told myself I was going to do when I started this journey. Um, Now, I've discovered a lot of things about myself so far that I didn't know before. And one of the things is that I really seem to like making lists as a means of holding myself accountable. Uh, For example, if I create a list of goals for myself, I'm more inclined to achieve them because I like checking items off the list. Um, it, It provides me a sense of accomplishment. Now, back in January, I set a few goals for myself to achieve in 2022. And one of those goals was to start a podcast. I had no idea of a topic or how to do it or where to do it, but I just told myself that I needed to just start and do something. So I ended up getting the idea to do an entrepreneurship focused podcast because it seemed like it would be fun. Um, uh, a great way to meet other business owners and sort of somewhat selfishly, it seemed like it would be a great chance to ask them questions that I personally wanted or even somewhat needed the answers to all the while creating a podcast and some awesome content out of it. Uh, So the idea was to produce five episodes of the show. Put it out there for the masses in Dade City and Pasco County. Do a little bit of advertising and just kind of see what happens. Um, I, I just wasn't sure if there was going to be an appetite for this type of a content in the area or not. So five episodes kind of seemed like a good number, um, you know, dart at the dartboard to kind of glean some information uh, from. And I must say the results have been pretty amazing. We had a couple hundred downloads and streams in those first a few months. And our website was one of GoDaddy's top performing websites with hundreds of unique visitors. Um, So all of the signs were pointing in the right direction. So onward I went, right? Um, And we're now up to 10 episodes. Um, The show has literally been downloaded over 5,000 times. The, uh, The Facebook page is now up to over 100 followers. We even have an actual paid sponsor. Uh, can you believe it? I mean, thanks, thanks a lot, Lanky Lassies. Order online, ships nationwide, llshortbread.com. There's a free one, right? Um, I mean, all in all, in just a couple of months, uh, not too bad, I think. Um, and this is just the beginning. Honestly, it's this has really just been the proof of concept. Um, I, I want to say thanks to everyone who jumped on board early to support us. You believed in us and we greatly appreciate you. Uh, without you, this would not be possible. Creating these first 10 episodes has been been a blast for me. Um, There have been moments that have made me laugh and moments that would make me cry and different stories and perspectives by which to glean information from and just make myself a better entrepreneur and overall a better person. Um, So 
I've put together a best of for episodes one through 10. These were some, but only some of my favorite moments from the podcast so far. I couldn't really decide on an order uh, in which to put the clips without making it seem like I was <laughs> was picking favorites. They're all my favorites, legit. So, uh, you know, picking picking an order was impossible. Um, so in the end, I just decided to put post the clips in the order in which they appeared on the show. So again, thank you very much for your support. And I really hope you enjoy this very, very special episode. Well, I learned a lot on, you know, a hard knocks. I was always, and let me tell you, hard knocks, you don't forget. Anybody starting off, you lose your butt in not knowing what to do, how to do it, when to do it. Well, your biggest struggle is you're nobody. You're a guy starting out, no money in your pocket. You're working from week to week, day to day. Uh, you're trying to make a living for your family, keep your home going, keep your vehicles going, and all that. Same struggle we all deal with. So you got those trials and tribulations. Keep mm -hmm. it small, keep it sensible, right. and save your dollars. Sure, sure. You know, just because you're in, uh, you're self employed and you got a little bit coming in, don't mean you're rich. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> that means you're still struggling. Yeah, absolutely. So keep that in mind. You know, and I've learned uh, just because you have some cash, you still got to turn your money weekly, daily mm -hmm. if you can. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's why I say, you know, antique shop, you buy your merchandise, you set on it till you sell it. Same thing on the internet, you buy your merchandise, you put it online, and then you're wanting, you get a hundred, you want two, well, you may be sitting there a long time. Yeah. I'm in the auction business. I, I buy it for a hundred, I put it through, close my eyes. It goes for a hundred and a half, I made money. goes for 50, I ain't buying no more anymore. <laughs> you know, one thing you can't ever be, don't be greedy. If you're greedy with a partner, or greedy with yourself, or greedy with a public, um, you're not gonna get anywhere. Just, it's a dollar, you make a dollar, you turn it, you go on. Each day is a adventure. Fortunately, what was the fun part of me and Bob getting together early in this business was getting to go out to New York, up in New York State. Uh, we had one fellow that worked for us, lived up there. He worked with us during the winter months when he was down, Richard Brewer. Adopted chief for the Oneida Nation. Um, Great guy, what a, a world of knowledge, just overwhelming. Uh, Frank will tell you, uh, I knew it. Um, go up there, we got to, we'd take two trailers with us, two trucks, and we'd buy it for a solid week and a half from auctions and yard sales and uh, 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 Madison Mockville, a whole town sets up hundreds of dealers and get to go through there. And I'd buy and I'd park my trailers in the girl's yard pay her to leave it there. She'd watch me. We'd pile her stuff all day. Then I'd pack it in the evenings till we'd fill both them trailers. Nothing but fun. But then yeah, on the yeah. day, I could buy a $100 <laughs> antique and turn it into two $300 paid for my trip. Sure. But now I'd buy that $100 antique. I better, better, better have gas money with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm. Business, you got to put your head into it. And you got to know when and what and how and all mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, Things have changed. Everybody's gotten so picky about stuff. Uh, the internet now, everybody knows more than you do after 20 some <laughs> years in the business. Yeah. I've seen it on the internet. It's telling me, well, that's not always true. Right. Just use that for a guideline. And every business owner knows this. No matter if you build a house, you work on a car, you you mow lawns. Uh, mower don't mow that day. The, the blades are dull. The batteries are dead. The tires are flat. <laughs> 
I go through yeah. this. I'm doing a load the other day. I notice I'm following the guys back in. I see smoke coming out of the wheel. Here I got a, a tremendous load on a trail. The guy called him to pull over. And I have to drop a wheel off. I got a bearing burning out. Well, I fixed it the other night. I pulled it down with my son and fixed it myself. I mm -hmm. get in at midnight after doing it, uh, 11 o'clock. I'm wore out from a day's work, but you know, you can't always take it in and get it fixed. That's the sacrifices. But I know it's done and done right because I sit there and oversee and I help my boy, he helped me. Mm -hmm. I've done that for a living before, so I know how to do it. Yeah. Now, you got to be able to work in those. It's just part of the game. Yeah. It's success for me. Yeah, everybody wants to make a dollar, but that's what the name of the game is. Uh, can I sit here and tell you I've, I've made a millions of dollars out of this? I've made good money, made a living. Okay, made good money in the transmission, made a living. Uh, I'm comfortable, but I always put money as secondary. Um, knowing you, knowing all the other guys coming out, you knowing my employees, uh, things like that are more important. Again, all falls back to: Do I enjoy walking my dogs in the morning? They both love me to death. Yeah, you know, and that's that's worth more than uh, money in the bank. Sure. Uh, you know, sure. I can eat a can of beans, but I can't go without my dogs. Yes, sir. Uh, so, and, and my wife, she even said, "Well, you like the dogs better than me." Well, of course I do. You know, they don't talk that much, but yeah. I'm always kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We laugh about it all the time because even she feels the same way about it. The city wanted to have a festival. They didn't know when to do it. So these three ladies got together. They went out to lunch. They were sitting there and they were talking and about this festival. And the one lady was wearing one of our kumquat grower shirt that had our emblem on the side and they're saying well you know what are we going to do what what how what were we going to call this festival and someone you know was that was sitting around there saw, saw the shirt and overheard their conversation well why don't you do it with about kumquats yeah. nobody knows what a kumquat is yeah. well it got very very popular okay you know yeah. people want to know what a kumquat is you sure. hear the word you yeah. hear it in shows somebody yep. you know wc fields is my yep. little kumquat he yep. referred yep. to his wife as yep you know she so we all know what she was she was sweet on the outside tart <laughs> on the inside so you know kumquat is a citrus-like fruit it's the it's a smaller than an egg it's oval in shape and it is eaten peeling and all the inside is tart and the outside is sweet so it's kind of the opposite of an orange okay. my father always referred to it as nature's sweet tart our rosemary kumquat pie that we made that we make we make it um, you know we make it anytime we we make 250 of them at a time basically um, and then we wholesale them and, and retail them out of our shop and out of other areas, other places in um, St. Joe, Dade City, um, San Antonio, and also even over in, in Trinity wow. um, at different shops that, that we have um, that are carrying the pie now. And we named that after my mother. Well, just um, back a couple of weeks ago, Pasco County declared it with the tourism board that it was going to be the, the Sports Coast Pie uh, Pasco's pie and then the county commissioners jumped on board and now it is considered Pasco County's pie yep. and that's the hardest part about businesses labor is your expense yeah you know in anything you do yep. it's you know we had an opportunity in 2015 to mechanize mm. and I looked at my father and we had the money back then to do it and I looked at my father and I looked at our line and our line was um full of hard-working people that retirees or you know they had they didn't have they either work lawn care or something but 
there was we had a packing house we had 15 of them in there we worked two shifts i mean mm-hmm. we you know i looked at that and i said you know we're taking and we're sending these people they're here working they're taking this money they're going and buying groceries they're buying this they're buying that in pasco county we're getting the money from all over the nation all some of it from overseas and mm-hmm. canada mm-hmm. um even south and central america mm. um and it's coming to little old pasco county but it's being spent in pasco county we sure. bought as much as we could in pasco hillsborough hernando mm-hmm. we we supported our local people sure if we mechanized we don't need but six of those people Mm-hmm. or maybe five mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we're gonna line our pockets right. not theirs right so <laughs> we didn't mechanize <laughs> yeah right 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 yeah. yeah you know yeah so you know now 15 dollars an hour you know what i wish i wish i'd have bought the machine yeah you know right because it's, it's, it's an exciting little fruit it kind of like perks it. up a lot of a lot of a lot of neat conversations yeah. along the way, and and I enjoy that part of it. We one story here. I got thousands of stories. We can be here for the next three or four days. You may have to have multiple <laughs> podcasts of this, you know, yeah, over and fine. over and over. Sure, sure. But um, you know, there was a guy who was telling us him and his wife were at the Georgia Georgia Mountain Fair, and he had a kumquat grower shirt that we sell our shirts at the packing house and they're either orange or green we don't real orange is my favorite so yeah. Yeah, everything's orange yeah um it's my favorite color of course it the green is that comes from the orange works pretty good too, so. <laughs> <laughs> but um anyway um so he was wearing a shirt and somebody's asking well you know what's a kumquat so he starts talking now he had you know come to the packing house several times and he knew what a kumquat was so he started his wife sitting there after about 30 minutes now it's not just him and this couple that asked him about kumquats now it's about eight to ten other people that have stepped, yeah. stepped out of the line to go into the the fair are now talking to him and she finally comes up to him after 45 minutes and says are we going to the fair or are we going to the kumquat festival <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she said i'm going to the fair you coming with me? yeah and yeah so you know i mean but it's just cute little stories like that i remember watching my uncle when there was the two of them the one would go home and he would go and work on bids and 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 um, go meet people the other one went home and worked on bids and paid bills and did all that stuff they didn't work from eight to four thirty they worked from eight till they got done sure you know when i was I a fireman that. when i was a fireman I, when i was a fireman and a chief even when i was a lieutenant if i needed to work from eight to eleven thirty that's what i did yep if i needed to work from eight to four that's what i did yeah you know but you know that's the that's the drive that you have to have and that's the hardest part about not being corporate it was by make it or break it you know i mean yeah you know my poor wife had to sit at home and figure out how to live off of battalion chief salary for pasco (laughs) county which was not tampa which was not hillsborough county or orange orange county or anything like that um yes was it decent amount of money yeah i can't complain i mean you know was it triple digit no it never it was the the last year of my career but you know it was it those were the hard times that was the hard stuff Mm -hmm. um you know missing the first step missing the 
you know, all that stuff in the life of my kids. Now I'm enjoying the hell out of my grandkids. You know, I'm, I'm making that up. And, you know, to be to be successful is to to sell all your product, have a good time and enjoy the rewards that come after it, you sure. know, of meeting that goal. Um, there's been a lot of times we haven't. A lot of times we left tree, fruit on the trees that we wish we would have been able to get rid of. Mm-hmm. And that was always my father's thing is, well, we still leave fruit on the trees. Well, we didn't, towards the end, we didn't leave fruit on the trees. We picked everything. So success is, you know, being able to complete the task in the fire department is to put the fire out, mm-hmm. make sure everybody went home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, in family life, it's keep everybody healthy and, and safe and, you know, protected from all the evil things out there. Right. Um, so I guess, you know, it has multiple different meanings for me and in my life. I mean, when this first started happening, I remember I pulled my rear view mirror mirror down. I was at a stoplight and I was like, you are doing this. (laughs) I said, there's all these people that probably want you to fail, Yeah. but you are going to do this and you are not going to fail because it's not an option right now. Right. So it's mental. It is so much mental. So, you know just acting on something even though it might seem crazy and people might think you're nuts Mm -hmm. who cares they're the ones that don't do anything right you know so if you just have the idea you have the tenacity and the desire to do it you just you have you have to do it yeah you have to make it work if something isn't working right in the beginning scratch it off move on to the next thing figure out how to make it work my mother always made shortbread for christmas so I was just used to that. So I would make shortbread for my hotel owners for Christmas. One of my coworkers um, in 2009, when I first moved there, said, this is the best shortbread I've ever had. Did you know there's a Scottish Highland Games shortbread competition? I said, no. <laughs> and she's like, it's right here in Winter Springs. You should totally enter this. So that was 2009. I was in my you know 20s. So sacrificing a Saturday night was very difficult for me in those sure, days. Sure, so sure, sure. I didn't quite make the competition until 2011. <laughs> and even in that year, I was the 31st out of 32 contenders to enter. So I kind of made it in by the skin of my teeth. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. it was really fun. My, my mom was there who's, grandmother's recipe it is and um my my aunt pat murray who is married to my grandpa's brother so she had this scottish connection of our family and the shortbread and uh, my best friend amanda was there and i made it in and i won first place the first year i competed you would have thought i won a million (laughs) dollars um i won this huge trophy i mean it was it was obscene how big it was and I was walking around the Highland Games which is like a renaissance festival and people are saying what did you do did you throw a caber or did, which is the big telephone poles did you uh, hurl haggis uh, well, or yeah. do the boulder boogie and I said uh, no I won the shortbread, the shortbread. competition <laughs> and so many people said you're so tall though and you make shortbread yeah and I thought that was hilarious so I started just like brainstorming and you know brains were wrinkling and you know I was just like I have got to do something with this so I I came back home and I was talking to my roommate I was like I have to come up with a company name for this so we I pulled out my little word webs like I used to do in advertising school and you know we we figured it all out and so Lanky Lassie's shortbread and then the slogan is long leg shortbread was boring but 
you have got to hustle. If you want if you want something to happen, there aren't people doing it for you. Right. I didn't have just right. news people knocking on my door. I literally wrote the story for them and said, hey, will yeah. you do this? I mean, yeah. there's no one that's going to want this more than yourself when you're a business owner. So I wrote in and I said, yeah, I used to love listening to you. And, you know, my mind is always going like, how can I get on like mass media here? <laughs> so he said, yeah, send me some shortbread. He opened it on the air. He did like a three and a half minute plug of my business. I've seen the video. And, um, and I made that video video. Yeah. I literally pulled over the side of the road and started recording it on the air, nice. made the video, posted <laughs> the video, but people aren't doing it for you. Like right. I think a lot of people want to think that stuff is just handed to people or set in their right. lap. And right. I have not come to that conclusion. Yeah. You have got to hustle. Yeah. Another thing I learned in the Marine Corps is, I mean, it is mental, yeah. it's mental, mental. I mean, was Marine Corps physical boot camp physically exhausting and crazy? Yes. But it was probably 80% 80 mental Mm. of telling yourself that you couldn't do something. Mm. I cannot climb that rope. There's no way I can climb that rope. Mm -hmm. And then you have a drill instructor going, oh, you're going to climb that rope. (laughs) Next thing you know, you're up the rope. (laughs) But this recruit can't. Oh, you climb that rope. You will do those push-ups, whatever it is, because... It is something that you have to, if you're not comfortable mentally, you have got to get in some other mindset, mm-hmm. you know, channel your Sasha Fierce or whatever it is that you have in you mm-hmm. to fake it until you make it Yeah. to, um, not talk yourself out of it. Yeah. It's looking in the mirror and saying, you're going to do it right? because there's no other option. Right. So I, I've listened to so many other people who are successful say stuff like that even like really famous people Mm -hmm. and I'm Mm -hmm. just going yeah right like they had to do something something else but really I genuinely think if there's something that you want to do bad enough yeah you're going to make it happen something that I think is also really important is if you have something a product that other people have and there's a million of these things you're going to somehow have to differentiate yourself and make it unique and different yep so is there other shortbread in the world? Yes, I'm. there is. Are there shortbread shops only? Probably not. I mean, I've had so many people call and they go, you only sell shortbread? That is correct. Yeah. I am not a baker. I do know how to make shortbread, but yeah, I made this little niche and I wanted to make it crazy and different and yeah. that's what I know. Yep. I don't think you should go outside your comfort level. If you know that you can do something, you can do it really well. Mm-hmm. You really need to hone in and focus on doing that really well. Yeah. If there's other things that can complement it, fine, but don't make it harder on yourself. You really need to sit down and have a talk with yourself and say, what is it that I can do that is bringing something unique and different to someone else? What problem am I solving? You know, like whatever you're selling, like what am I doing Mm -hmm. that will make Mm -hmm. a difference? Yeah. So I just think it's having a talk with yourself, looking in the mirror and getting real serious and tough because anyone can say, I can't do that. I used to play guitar. My first instruments were, uh, was guitar actually. I think it was because that was the one instrument my mom didn't really want me to play. (laughs) So I I took guitar. Can you jam out on the guitar? (laughs) She's a harpist. She she was a harpist and a pianist. She did not, she was, did not like the guitar. So I went for the guitar. Got it. (laughs) And so I played guitar. I played a little bit of piano as a kid to a limit. It wasn't really my thing. 
um, I like it. I appreciate all those instruments a lot more now, of course. Yeah. But uh, the teaching part came when I was learning the guitar. I remember teaching my first guitar lesson to somebody. I think I was 11, just because I really wanted to get them going on it. I thought they, they liked the guitar. I'm like, oh, I know a little bit. I'll show you. I was excited about it. I've always had a lot of satisfaction um, seeing people succeed at something new. I learn just as much from teaching as I do from learning. I mean, learning as you teach is a big part of why musicians teach. Sure. Um, and of course, you know, some will tell you it's because it's, it's a consistent sort of aspect of what we do. But a big part of it is you will always learn a lot from watching other people learn it for the first time violin but i started yeah. because i wanted to be a fiddler okay. Okay. <laughs> i wanted to play okay. an appalachian fiddle that's what sort of inspired yeah. <laughs> the learning okay. the violin so i think one of the best sayings anyone ever told me was uh, rehearsals are not to learn your part your rehearsals are to learn everyone else's part yeah. and if you think about it word of mouth is the best advertising as far as yeah. getting an immediate response yeah. because i know that whenever um, somebody tells me firsthand that they had a good experience with a business or with a service, I'm more likely to go than if I just saw it on social media. Oh, and yeah. so I did leave it up to Paul. I did leave it up to my husband to kind of do the final say because he was the one who was nervous. And then finally he said, yep, let's do it. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Let's let's go for it. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. we we went ahead for it. Our students were super excited and we started to grow before we actually entered the space just because people knew a space was coming. Oh, no way. Which was super cool. Again, we learned very early and I think COVID influenced this a lot too we learned that if you are not constantly pursuing what you want to do mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. it's not going to fall into your lap it's not just going to happen you yeah. have to constantly be pushing you have to be hungry for what you want yeah and so we've always kind of had that attitude since our sort of professional side of music came into play we learned that um just because they are an incredible musician doesn't necessarily mean that they're good at promoting themselves as an incredible musician right um, it's better to be a entrepreneur-minded musician who does well and is constantly working than to be, you know, this crazy, incredible prodigy-level musician mm -hmm. who doesn't know how to market themselves. Yeah, yeah. So in this sort of realm, of course, there's the world where you can audition for an orchestra and then you have this, you know, this consistency, the security, and you have the health insurance, you have all that, and that's awesome, but it's mm -hmm. so competitive. And as mm -hmm. we saw with COVID, you never know what's going to happen to it. So... I guess the self-doubt went away when we saw that the only way to really be a full-time musician is to really be a full-time musician, to sure. discover all aspects of running the business and running the marketing while also trying to hone your craft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's probably why I don't have time for yoga. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I think success can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. Yes, indeed. And I know, especially as musicians, when people think success, they think like, oh, you're a household name, you're on TV, you played at Carnegie Hall, all of these things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, I think that for us, I think success means the people that we are impacting, that our, our clientele are succeeding. In other words, they are seeing improvement in what they're doing every day. And when they feel those little successes, then we have done our job, yeah. um, at, at least to the best of our ability. I think that success meaning we are meeting a need in the community and we are doing it well. I remember shopping with my mom and she would, uh, we'd go into a store and she, she knew where I'd be. I'd be in the clothing department Yeah, yeah. and I just, there was just something about it. So, uh, always loved fashion sure, right. and I was able to go on a buying trip to New York city. I'll never forget. And we stayed at the Waldorf and it was like, <laughs> yeah. so cool. We yeah. were sitting there and they just coming and showing us all the clothes and it was just like the coolest thing. Yeah. When I got pregnant with my son. I obviously I wasn't married. I was with his dad for eight years prior, mm -hmm. and this happened, and it, it 
wasn't expected. So there was one place for me to go. I was Planned Parenthood back then. And mm-hmm. the only option I got was to um, abort him and that he was a blob mm. of tissue. Right. That's what I was told. That was it. See you later. Right. So here I am. It's like the, the, the one thing that a, a woman, a girl, when she gets herself in that position and she's not planning it, she wants to be what we call unpregnant. Okay. I just don't want to, I just don't want to be pregnant. Yes, I didn't ma'am. plan this. This is not what I had envisioned for my life. So I kept it to myself for three months before I even told my mom, because all these things are going through my mind and I knew I couldn't make that decision, even though I had some pressure mm-hmm. to do so. Mm-hmm. And I, I did end up having him. And when you think what is, you know, what could that child have been? And, and my son is a doctor now. I prayed about how I could be used after I moved down here and got married and had a little extra time. So I started volunteering at a center. And what I knew was that I didn't want any woman to have to not know the truth. Yes, ma'am. And within three days, he said, you come up with a program. Yeah. So we came up with a program in three days to no go way. into all the schools and teach a healthy choice program, no which way. now we call sexual risk avoidance. I remember being at one of our fundraising events with one of our banquets and this guy came up and he showed me his phone and he said he had a, there's a little boy standing on top of a, I think the hood of his car with a superhero outfit on. And uh-huh. he pointed to him and he said, thanks to you, he's here. I would have never yeah. known the love and the, the this amazing child if mm-hmm. you had never been here for my daughter. No, but you know the funny ones are I think when you see us pulling furniture out on the sidewalk at nighttime. Yeah. That you know. Yeah. That's I don't have a guy in the back. It's it's me. Right. So it's yep. me and my friend Kathleen who mm-hmm. I love. If you're not willing to work hard, don't open a business. Yeah. The definition of success for me is not just going to be the money in my pocket, but what difference did I make in other people's lives? Mm-hmm. And whether that's a piece of furniture, whether that's dressing them up in a new outfit and making them look beautiful, yeah. even though that beauty comes from the inside, whether it's saving a life at the pregnancy center, whatever it is, how did I make a difference in someone's life? But I was an extra for Godzilla, the movie. I got enough credits to be a Screen Actors Guild uh, extra, and I was in Mad Men and Godzilla. Now, whether or not you can see my face is a different story. Waking Tracy Man is named after my wife because at 3 in the morning, uh, she would come in and say, can you please turn it down? Our friends at the art gallery have a favorite word that they like to use called sweat equity. Mm -hmm. And if you start investing your own time in your own town, you can help grow it. And that's the reason for the page. If you're willing to hustle and stand behind your product, you should be able to sell a drowning man water. This town is networked in most businesses. If you need something, you just walk down to the next shop and they're gonna help you out. That's what they do. Yeah, man. It's a very cool town. Something you're always aiming for. It's uh, it's in the ether, it's out there. Yeah. You just gotta get there and just keep, it's like, uh, finding your magnetic north just keep walking yeah and, uh, you're gonna achieve a level of success success hopefully i don't know if you ever hit it you know because you can always grow yeah um and always keep that idea so 
you know, just keep it near your sights and start walking. You have to start. Right. If you're sitting in your bed, waking up in the morning, go, oh, man, I wish I had my own company. Oh, man. Oh. And you can't have a woe is me attitude. These successful business owners know that their customers are the reason that they're successful. Right. You will fail. It's okay. Yeah. Because when you fail, you're going to go, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. And then you're going to do it again. And I had a crush on him. Like, when I go back, I was reading through one of my diaries from back then, and it was talking all about how I had this crush on Bobby. After high school, I think we kind of lost touch for a little bit because I moved. Yeah, but then I found her on MySpace. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Reached out and talked around MySpace a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just she stole her. Izzy from me. Okay. It was my you character. She stole him. <laughs> we wrote this together. And I... Innocence. We were working at Amazon... Yep. And I finally had it with Amazon. So it was, I'm going to open a restaurant. I, I want my own business. Yeah. So I talked her into it. And it, it has to have pizza because that's what I eat. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. basically, if you look at our menu, it's stuff that I eat plus salads. <laughs> it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of hours. Yeah. And I think um, uh, one reason a lot of places don't make it is because they invest the money but they don't invest the time. Never use the amount of yeast they tell you to use. No. Okay. Never. No, it was okay. so bad. We came in the next day and like dough was overflowing on oh, yeah. our hearts. And- <laughs> so it's Sefner. <laughs> this is not what happened. This is what happened. He's going to tell <laughs> you one happened. story and then I'm going to tell you what actually okay, happened. Okay, okay, okay. So, People notice a difference, but they don't know what the difference is. They just notice a difference. Yeah. So I'm like, this is the best pizza I've had here in a while. I'm like, yeah, this is a grande. Me and my dad drove here. It's like, okay, I really like this. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's small. It's it's like Ebor without all the alcohol. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also throughout COVID, throughout all of that, we had people coming in three times a week because they did not want us to close. And they would say yeah. specifically, like, I just don't want to see you close, so I'm going to keep supporting you. And they awesome. were amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an amazing community. Yeah. Uh, the more I get to know the people here, yeah, the more I love it. Success to me is controlling as much as you can in terms of your life. So if you clock in and clock out, you're you're you could be fired. If you own the company, now it's up to you and nobody else. See, and success to me is being content in your life and having something that your mama can be proud of. So the majority of my experience in the electrical field came from David Patty. I fell in love with it because it was challenging to me. It wasn't something I could learn and then always understand. Right. I mean, I'm learning today. I'll learn something new tomorrow. Yes, sir. I'll find something next week that challenges me. So that's why I wound up in this career path. And so I started first going to banks that I was already using and looking for lines of credit. Uh, And I found out very quickly that I wasn't going to get one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a, I'm a risk taker by nature. Yeah. So it didn't scare me. I wasn't worried about whether or not it was going to work. I knew I could make it work. Yeah. So it it was just a, it was a matter of, you know, I'm, I'm leaving this job, yep. I'm starting a new company, yep. and I don't have a choice but to make it work. Yep. Uh, there's a million different avenues to go about it, mm-hmm. but hard work is, it's gonna prevail every time. If you think you can work 
you know, eight hours a day and that's going to get you there, you need to work 16. And that's what I would tell someone is, you know, seek out mentors, find somebody that can give you guidance Mm -hmm. and work work yeah. as hard as you can possibly work yeah. Yeah, there's things that are important and you've got to stay focused on what's important mm-hmm. and the rest of it is just incidentals that you have to deal with there's relatively few places i go in dade city and the surrounding communities that i don't know someone you know you walk into a restaurant you walk into a business uh, and there's always somebody there that you know uh, dade city is very special to me because I have a lot of family here. It's where I grew up. Um, I still have a lot of friends in the area. And um, I just feel like it's probably the best place for me to grow, to have a business, and to raise a family one day. Success to me is having a business that is well-recognized in the community and having every single employee that works for you happy at the end of every day that they were there and happy to show up the next day. Um, that's more important to me than anything else. Uh, they are the, the heartbeat of Alston electric and without them, it wouldn't persist. So their, you know, the quality of their employment is probably the biggest driver of what I would call success. My wife jokes all the time when telling people about me, but um, I would always wear khakis and business dress shirts to even in high school. And so my nickname was Business Casual Dan. The railway was actually fun. It was actually a paid acting gig, which not many people get to say they did. I didn't get paid a lot. I mean, we're talking dozens of dollars and uh, maybe (laughs) a a, a free dinner. I mean, my whole take is that, that we're, we're called to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And, and the best way to do that, or the way that I do that, is by helping as many people achieve their dreams as possible. Um, I was just sharing with my 14-year-old son the, the concept from Stephen Covey's book this morning about big rocks. You know, you've got to put the priorities in your schedule first, and then you can fit in the secondary priorities, and then you can fit in the little stuff. And believe it or not, you'll have room You'll have room for all the stuff in life if you put the priorities first. You know, when somebody comes into Smart Start for the first time, I usually ask them, what's holding you back? You know, why, why are you here? What's holding you back from starting your business or pursuing your dreams? They usually give me one of five responses. They either say they don't have the workspace or they need funding or they need more education or they need to collaborate with other entrepreneurs or they just need some guidance. And even if someone's not part of the Smart Start program, if you need help figuring that out or just kind of a, a 30 minute conversation to know how to, what do I do now? You know, call us. When, when somebody comes to me and wants to start a business, if I had to predict whether they're gonna succeed or not, um, has nothing to do with education, doesn't have to do with their business plan, doesn't have to do with how much money they have. It's do they have the grit? Do they have the, the I'm just going to do it no matter what attitude? The Art of Business is a great podcast. Oh, I recommend you. everybody <laughs> listen to it. Uh, share it far and wide. I would say success is have you found the intersection of what you're good at, what you're passionate about, and what generates revenue? Well, was I was a lady hard hat. Of course, this was back in the late 60s, early 70s, when women were not in those, those job roles. Uh, so I read this article about a woman in Washington, D.C., who had, uh, had become a hard hat, a construction job, and uh, she talked about uh, 
the money she made and so forth. And I thought, oh, well, that sounds exciting. So I went back uh, to Tennessee that summer and I told a friend of mine, I said, yeah, about this article I read. I said, this sounds like fun. Sounds like a lot of money. So uh, I talked her into going with me and we went in search of a construction job. So we uh, we went down to the employment office and uh, much to the chagrin of the young lady that was trying to place us in employment, we insisted that we wanted to get into the construction business. And uh, she kept trying to talk us into office jobs and different things of that sort. And we said, no, no, we want to do this. So we could go on the job site and everybody would kind of stand around and gawk at us and uh, (laughs) they occasionally they'd come up and say well we understand that the uh employment office made you guys take this job and we said oh no no it wasn't like that we actually had to persuade them to to let us uh apply for the job i was with dade city pd for two years and then i went on to the sheriff's office for another four on that particular evening i was just driving through it was about 11 o'clock at night and i noticed a couple of lights up ahead Uh, in an area where there should not have been any lights. And um, I thought, well, I should investigate. At that point, I thought, okay, I've driven into a a drug, (laughs) a plane landing for a drug deal. Mm -hmm. So I immediately threw my cruiser into reverse and and retreated to to a safer distance. my shotgun was my weapon of choice in those days, so I grabbed it out of the rack and racked one into the chamber. Uh, and uh, of course, I had by this time I had radioed uh, that uh, I had uh, stumbled upon something, and I had help coming, but they were a good distance away. I mean, Basco was pretty rural back in those days, uh, so I waited until the, the lieutenant arrived, and then we went uh, into the scene. We found that there was a couple of vehicles behind those lights, uh, aircraft radio, portable radio, things of that sort, so we knew that uh, what was about to happen. Uh, As it turned out, I uh, was uh, sent uh, out of the area with the Mark Cruiser and uh, the plainclothes uh, lieutenants came in to, to, to wait. They thought perhaps it was just being set up, that it hadn't actually happened yet. Uh, I had a zone partner who uh, worked very well with me on things of, of that sort. So uh, we, we were very close to the little airport that's there at North Tampa. So he went over to the airport uh, to check to see if there was any activity occurring over there. And lo and behold, there was. There was a plane that had just landed, a little mm-hmm. twin engine. And um, he uh, talked, made contact, talked with the, uh, the pilot and the... Uh, fellow that uh, was coming to pick him up and it turned out that um, we had a new dispatcher on that night at the sheriff's office who was not well versed in running tail numbers for aircraft through NCIC. So there was a delay and during that delay uh, my zone partner allowed the pilot to leave because he had no reason to detain him at that point Uh, and it turns out there was a connection between the plane registration and one of the vehicles that was at the clandestine side. So at that point we knew that the plane had already made its rounds. Uh, So upon further inspection we discovered that there were some drag marks across the wing which led us to believe that they had unloaded and and as it turned out they did. Uh, We began to search both sides of the the North Tampa airport. We were at the airport at this point uh, and found the duffel bags of the marijuana stashed over a ways off the uh, runway. 
Uh, so at that point, the plan was to stake out the, the stash and, and see if we could nab the folks that came back to pick it up. So uh, Greg, my, my zone partner, and I were elected to do that. And, of course, the lieutenants went down to the hotel where they could drink hot coffee and, <laughs> and, yeah. and leave us out there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, to make the long story short, it was a, a, a while, but we, we had made a plan, and a, a good plan, I think. And... Uh, so we waited, and then uh, after a while, we saw someone coming along up through the uh, along the runway through the lights, and uh, he checked out the area. And we moved in when he grabbed a couple of duffel bags, and uh, when he came back, we we moved in to make the arrest. Yeah, uh, thinking that he would halt. He. Uh, which was a mistake. He did not halt. <laughs> the only time I ever discharged a firearm during my career was that night. Uh, I wasn't shooting to hit him. I was just trying to make him hit the ground and, and stop. Didn't happen. He, he ran that much faster. <laughs> and uh, But we eventually did capture him. Mm. And, uh, with the, and, of course, we had a lot of extra law enforcement personnel uh, because it was shift change time, which was perfect for us, but not so good for them because we mm -hmm. had a lot of manpower out there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so uh, so we got the marijuana. We got the guy that had uh, come to pick it up. Uh, there were a couple of guys that had been at the clandestine site that got away, mm -hmm. and the driver, the pickup driver, got away that was ferrying him back and forth. Uh, the case eventually was dismissed because the, the evidence... Uh, somehow got tampered with after it was in the custody of the property custodian mm. but it was a it was a great adventure for greg and i and yeah. and everybody concerned and as i as i came in contact with other female officers through the years that were coming up uh, i would always share with them what what had worked for me uh, and it was that ability to talk and reason with people if you, if you find yourself in a situation, you just have to figure out how to acquire the knowledge that you don't have when you took the leap. Yeah. My motivation was to do what Margaret wanted to do yeah. and, and not be limited by what society said Margaret could do or what she couldn't do. You've got to decide what you want to do, and then you've got to make up your mind that you're going to do it. That failure is, is really not an option. You can decide that you're going to succeed, or you can just wither it away and, and, and give up. You don't fail, you just give up. So I'm not going to, to throw in the towel if I can see a way to succeed. And I think that's what people need to learn because I see too many people quit too early. But you've gotta be willing to stay with it and analyze constantly. Why isn't it working? What can I do? What do I need to do? What do I not know? Uh, you can't just put your open sign in the door and wait. I love Dade City. I, I am a strong, strong proponent of Dade City. And I believe that Dade City now possesses uh, attributes that could make it a very thriving uh, tourist destination because we still have that old charm. Being happy with what you've accomplished and, and success is, is a past tense type thing. You never know you've had success until it's over with. 
and then you can look back. I've had so much fun hosting and producing these first 10 episodes. There's so much wisdom and experience here. I, I mean, combined, these business owners have 60 plus years of experience being an entrepreneur and taking risks and falling on their faces and having the grit to get up and do it all over again. These are not normal humans by any stretch of the imagination. These are special people, the kinds of people we can all use as role models, people to look up to and mold our lives after. Every one of them is a success story, and I feel privileged for having the opportunity to sit down with them and ask them questions about their personal lives, their businesses, and what their secrets for success are. I'm really looking forward to the next 10 episodes. Again, thank you so much for your support. It means a lot. The show has grown dramatically over the last few months, and we're going to continue to work hard to produce more content just like this. Don't forget to like us over on Facebook at TAOB Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Baker, and this has been another episode of The Art of Business. Bye for now.